As I said, I am uh, David Orban, and I am very glad to have you following the show. Uh, and uh, uh, I uh, invite you to subscribe to the channel on uh, youtube.com slash David Orban, as well as, of course, following it uh, live, as you are doing right now, because uh, all of you have been very kind, alerting me that uh, the uh, microphone is muted. But I was watching in the camera rather than watching the comment section, and so I I didn't uh, didn't realize uh, in time. Uh, we uh, are uh, streaming live, uh, which means that you have the opportunity of asking questions, uh, making remarks, and uh, we are uh, really very glad uh, to. Uh, be able to invite those questions and remarks and answer them uh, together with our guests uh, in, in real time. And of course, uh, if you like the content uh, that we produce and the uh, knowledge we share, you're welcome to become a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash David Orban. Uh, today's uh, guest is uh, Thomas uh, Ambrosi. Uh, the founder and CEO of Ono Exponential Farming. Thomas uh, has been uh, an entrepreneur since a very young age, and certainly uh, he will have uh, interesting stories to tell. Um, he has a, a, a group of companies that belong uh, to his family uh, in various industrial sectors. And uh, one of the most recent ones uh, is uh, Ono uh, Exponential Farming that is dedicated to automating vertical farming platforms. Agriculture has uh, always been a fundamental activity uh, in human civilization and technology has always been a contributing factor in improving agriculture. So the question really is, what are the current technologies that will ignite and catalyze the next phase of our agricultural revolution, making it more sustainable, more resilient, and better able to produce healthy food in the largest possible varieties for everybody around? So welcome, Thomas. Uh, to searching uh, for the question live. Uh, I am very happy to have you with us. Hi, everybody. So uh, let's start uh, as uh, it is uh, our um, uh, little uh, tradition with uh, showing where uh, we were yesterday. Uh, we were in Cupertino, California, and uh, where we are going today uh, to, to join you. Uh, yesterday, we were in conversation about autonomous cars, self-driving cars, and the future of uh, uh, transportation with uh, uh, Brad Templeton. And uh, uh, today, uh, we are going to beautiful Verona, uh, Italy, on the other side of the planet, to talk about the future of farming uh, and, in particular, particular about uh, vertical farms. So uh, I am sure that uh, a lot of your, a lot of our viewers uh, will be curious about Verona, which is a beautiful city. 
and about Romeo and Juliet and their uh, and their balcony. Uh, but uh, tell us uh, about you. Tell us uh, what are the experiences. What is the path that uh, brought you here, and uh, that that made you do uh, what you are doing right now? Okay, David, <clears throat> can you hear me? It's okay. Yes, okay. you are not muted. You are okay. smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what takes me here is uh, basically is uh, having the opportunity to, to meet you last year in the in the uh, in the event organized by the Sui Italy Singularity University uh, because I'm a reader of books uh, since uh, uh, the last years. And uh, what brings me here is the fact that I am a let's say a continuous student in uh, uh, what uh, they are called uh, uh, exponential organizations. So I'm changing since a couple of years my, my approach to the companies, to the world of business in a totally different way. Uh, as you said, I am uh, an entrepreneur since uh, many years and I, I was involved in the company of my father since I was 12 uh, when I was uh, helping him in understanding what means uh, what, what, their, what, what were the meaning of the computers at the time, uh, adopting the CNC technology, numerical control technology for, for turning uh, and milling parts uh, in his uh, workshop. So this is what uh, what we from my from where I came from. I've made some studies. My studies were technical studies. I've been to university, but they didn't finish, unfortunately. But then I, I began running the company of my, of my family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did, uh, I, I established some companies, some branches of the company. One thing that I've seen when you show Cupertino, I've seen the ring regarding uh, Apple, right? Yes, uh, it is the new uh, Apple office. Okay, then you you show uh, Verona. Verona has another important ring, that is the arena. Yes, it's an ancient uh, ancient ring. So I like very much these kind of connections that are um, having in my life, uh, meeting uh, different technologies. So we are talking about something very ancient in Italy, and there is something quite uh, new in Cupertino. That is that. Uh, uh, that place where Apple is, is, is based now. And uh, it's something that I like very much, merging the history and the historical and the culture to the new technologies. That's what, uh, what I am uh, doing in, the, in this, my, let's say, uh, third life, let's say, because I can divide my life in different stages. A little bit like, like, like uh, okay, please, please. No, I, I wanted to ask you, what are those three stages? Okay, the first stage was the, the, the initial stage where I was young and I was enjoying all my life uh, with my friends. The second stage was the, the moment in which I, I, I began uh, entering the, the, the company of the family and, and running the company instead of being a part only of the company and raising this company in many, in many years uh, and taking it to, to uh, an important stage uh, since a couple of years ago. The third, uh, the third stage is, uh, is, uh, is this, is, we, is where I am now, uh, taking care of uh, on exponential farming. That is, 
I, I, I think uh, my uh, most important uh, uh, company running in this moment and in the future because is taking care of something that is absolutely important for for the whole world. We talk about food. So uh, before talking about Ono specifically and uh, your platform, let's uh, define what uh, vertical farming is and why it is important. Okay, vertical farming is a, a way to produce uh, mostly vegetables in, um, in vertical stacks. Uh, when, when I was presenting around two years ago my first idea uh, of vertical farms, I was I was looking to to I was reading the book of uh, uh, Despomier from from, uh, from uh, the University of Columbia, and uh, he was the idea of vertical farming was to put. Uh, do you mind spelling the name of the the, the author so I can show you? Uh, uh, Dixon Despomier, Dixon Despomier. And he is a, a he was or he is a professor at the Columbia University. He, he gave the the the, cha the challenge to the, his students to to study how to grow crops to 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 feed the the um, the population of the big cities. And uh, one response was to cultivate uh, on the rooftops, for example, of the of the. Uh, towers in, in New York, for example, it was not enough. The result was not enough. This result was mediated by the idea of uh, cultivating on each floor of, of the building. And this was the starting of the vertical farming. And But when I, when I show my first speech, I said, this is the year of 2015, 2014, I don't remember exactly the year, but I said the Babylon people were doing it the same many, many, many years ago. So vertical farming is not invented by the human now. It's something that was invented by the Babylonese many uh, years ago. You feel it? So now vertical farming is a, a, a way to produce uh, uh, crops in, uh, in uh, vertical stages where people take care of the growing of these, uh, of these uh, crops, uh, feeding their nutrients uh, in all the factory and uh, harvesting manually or in different ways uh, the crops when they are when they are ready for the for the crop for the for the harvest and this is something that is usually is made inside the uh, buildings uh, so it's also named indoor farming uh, yes uh, uh, as you said at the beginning the, at the introduction for you connecting the past uh, uh, with the present is very important and and it is beautiful uh, of course to to make reference to the babylonian uh, hanging gardens uh, that uh, as you said in a certain sense uh, are a type of uh, vertical yeah. farming and of course there are also other um, geographies where the terraces are very important in order to make a terrain uh, um, called uh, cultivable. I don't know if it is a word in English. Uh, a, a adapt to be to be cultivated, um, which without the terraces it it wouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, what so is the difference Verona, today? I can tell you. Also in Verona, we have the hills where we produce a lot of uh, good food and good wine. For example, perfect. 
So the difference, of course, is that uh, with modern technology, it is possible to radically reduce the amount of uh, uh, energy, soil, water, and pesticides uh, used in the process. Uh, so let's start with, uh, uh, with, uh, with water. Uh, in, in many vertical farms, the objective is to eliminate uh, uh, as much as possible soil and deliver uh, the nutrients in a water solution or even with aeroponics in a, in a nebulized uh, solution directly uh, to uh, the plant that as a consequence uh, can absorb with very high efficiency um, the, the, the nutrients needed in, in open farms under the, the, the beautiful sun that of course is needed in order to grow the plants, a very large percentage of the water provided just simply evaporates. Uh, so that is, I think, an important component of modern practices in vertical farming. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, in, in, in the lands, where when you, when you give the water to the plants, uh, let's say 95% of the water goes on, on the air game and goes uh, in, the, in, the, in the soil. And uh, if you imagine that, uh, let's say, 20% of the surface of the planet can be cultivated, but only 2% of this surface is uh, able to produce crops. Uh, and, and if you go back 100 years, we can say that in the last 100 years, the human used a lot of chemicals, a lot of pesticides and a lot of um, chemicals, let's say, to, to, to grow the food and the water co containing the, these, these, um, uh, this pesticide goes in the, in the ground. So this is something that was destroying uh, all the land in the world. What we are doing in the vertical farming, generally in vertical farming, is, is saving from 95 to 97% of uh, water instead of uh, the, 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 the same uh, cultivation uh, results in, in, the, in the field. So, and without using pesticide too, it's, it's absolutely important to note this because uh, cultivating in indoor, we, we can preserve the, 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 the environment of the growing of the crops. So we have a lot of saving in, in water, but also a lot of saving in, in the environment external for the human. Uh, so I, I want to thank uh, our users uh, for having alerted uh, us at the beginning that uh, the, the sound wasn't working. Best Raider, Michelangelo, uh, Magda, who happens also to be my mother, uh, and uh, commented in, in, in Hungarian, uh, as well as uh, users that are connected on our Facebook group uh, who need to specifically allow our streaming software to grab their name. Otherwise, we are not going to be able to uh, identify them. But nonetheless, thank you for those alerts first and confirmations next. I also invite uh, all of those who are following to ask questions such as, and of course, I will ask them uh, uh, if they don't. Don't worry, Thomas, we will have plenty yeah. of questions to, to go along. Um, what uh, are the challenges in um, adoption 
of uh, vertical farming because the book uh, and and the original um, uh, design class uh, at Columbia University uh, that uh, was promoted by Dixon Despomier was uh, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So what stopped uh, vertical farms from becoming ubiquitous? Mm, okay. Uh, during these years, there was a change in the mentality because all the, the population is going to it, it, it likes to, to, to eat uh, good things, uh, um, um, how do you say, uh, biological in Italy, in, in English? Uh, um, uh, well, yeah. healthy, 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 healthy and organic food. Organic food, yes, yes. So one way was to, to, to do in, the, in vertical farming. Uh, many companies began uh, putting in stacks uh, the, the crops and uh, taking care of the crops manually and uh, understanding that there were there were some benefits on this but in the last years the, and to and today too there is a, a big problem that is the, the the energy consumption because we must say that uh, is not the sun giving the energy to make uh, to to organize the the photosynthesis for the plants but uh, there is la large use of leds for example LED, LED lighting, lighting yeah. was expensive uh, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Today, uh, it has become not only very inexpensive, but of course, it is also tunable. 20 yeah. years ago, we didn't have uh, white LEDs. Yeah. Uh, and today, it is possible to actually uh, decide what frequency of light is best for what kind of crop, exactly. depending exactly. on what we want to grow. Exactly, and this is what we, we are doing and we are discovering daily with our uh, scientists that are working on, on looking for the best photosynthesis photons to go to, to the leaf to give the best result uh, depending on the kind of the crops that we can, we can cultivate. Uh, one of the uh, exciting uh, uh, things for me uh, from... Uh, uh, vertical farming is that it changes completely uh, the uh, equation of uh, a process that uh, creates output proportional to the area available into a process that uses the entire volume instead of the same area or if we keep the output constant of a radically reduced area. And since we are using so much of uh, the earth uh, surface for growing corn or wheat uh, uh, to be used not only for human consumption, but also as animal feed, the ability to uh, produce the amount of food we want, but on a radically reduced area, as well as very close to the point of consumption, is uh, I think very, very interesting because then we can decide, for example, to return vast areas uh, that, uh, that today are cultivated back to nature. Uh, there, is, there is nothing that would stop us doing, doing that. Is that also an important driving factor of, uh, of vertical farms as well, to be able to control the, the output in a, in a low footprint as well as 
to be able to cultivate close to where everything is consumed uh, in the cities. Absolutely, you are absolutely right. Uh, the, the vertical farming co consists in small places where you can produce uh, tons of uh, vegetables or other things uh, for the human and for animals or for human and for animals absolutely uh, vertical farming can be located very close to the consumption because one, one study was telling us that 75 percent of the cost is is uh, of a crop is made by um, supply chain and cold chain so when you transfer from from one land to another from one country to another the crops you have a reduction of uh, the nutrients inside of the crop you have the cost of the transportation, you have the cost of the supply chain and the cold chain, and you produce CO2 in the world. So having, having vertical farms very close to the consumer is uh, the answer to, to get better in the, in the new world that is coming due also to COVID and so on. We need to face this challenge to produce very close to the populations and to produce the right things in the right place. Ono as a name, Ono is the name of uh, Taichi Ono, that is the founder of the Toyota production system. We adopted the Toyota production system, system in, our, in our companies and uh, we found this solution of producing on demand uh, the right solution to, to grow the, uh, as, as uh, the human needs. So the Ono exponential farming, that is the company that I'm running now, is based on this uh, on this idea so to produce what is needed in the right moment without making overproduction that is one of the wastes that uh, ono taichi ono is was was uh, teaching to the industrial world but we are talking about the farming world so we are mixing the the production from from the industrial mechanical world to the production of crops so what you said is right one, one of the, the things that you, you, you said is very important that is worth uh, uh, repeating. Um, vertical farming uh, that is uh, installed close to where people live uh, makes for a robust and resilient food production system that does not depend on uh, global supply chains uh, whose uh, brittleness, uh, fragility is now very evident in times of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, as a consequence, in many places, it will be strongly evaluated as an important complement or real alternative because, <coughs> sorry, maximizing the efficiency and maximizing the profit is not enough anymore. Yes, we don't look only to maximize the profit. We look uh, also for giving the right food to the right to the people, and because we have a lack of uh, um, nutritional elements inside the crops that are moved or are stored in, in the in the in the cold chain uh, process, so we can produce less but better food than than ever now because using new technologies, applying new technology like AI and and many other technology that we, we can apply in our kind of vertical farms, uh, we, can, we can guarantee the right nutrients to the crops. Um, so let's uh, um, get into some of the detail of, of your specific technology, <clears throat> how ONO uh, 
exponential farming differentiates itself uh, from other approaches to the to the same challenge okay on, on exponential farming uh, let's say we'll introduce the first autonomous multi-product hyper-efficient agrobotic platform in the world uh, it will allow anyone to cultivate nearly anything anywhere in the world so we are talking about uh, the 4.0 evolution of vertical farming uh, we have uh, uh, completed our farm zero and now we are the industrialization stage uh, with, with the hard hardware, but also we have uh, biotech teams that are validating uh, the, the recipes which, we, which relate to the, to the standard growing curves and uh, every type of crop has to follow this curve. This curve, this curve is uh, the, the typical curve of growing. So we can optimize uh, these recipes inside our module. So uh, we are not talking about the vertical farming as it was till yesterday, manual and so on, but fully automatized and fully enclosed in, in, in let's say, boxes where we take care of all the environment and all the parameters to grow at the best the crops. The uh, approach uh, is aiming to be able to automate as much uh, of the process as, uh, as possible. Uh, why is it important and uh, what kind of uh, robotic uh, steps uh, uh, you plan to incorporate in the platform? Okay, when, when you talk about robotics, most of the people is, is uh, imagining a, a robot arm moving, let's say. Uh, but it's not, it's not robotizing, it's not only, the meaning is not only moving a, a, a robotic arm. What we're doing in our system is to take care of any movement of the crops so we can manage the position of the drawers inside the modules automatically. And this is robotized. We can, we can, de we can decide uh, how to give the right light and where to give the, the, the specific light, the specific spectrum. Uh, differently from from what is is now, and we can absolutely optimize also the the volume. You you were talking about volume, uh, not only surface before. Uh, in our system, we can uh, compress, compact the drawers to to reduce the volume and to increase the number of crops that we can put inside the same volume as, as before. So the automation is based on uh, uh, one. My patent uh, that I, I, I put in the world some years ago, uh, based on logistics, and this logistic uh, has been moved to to the farming, and uh, um, so in this way we can we can absolutely know any parameter. So the robotization is uh, is uh, the complete management of the crops is during the the growing period. But we can start also from external, from, from, the, from the seeding to the harvesting. Now we are talking only about the growing modules, but we, can, we have several uh, cooperation, for example, with multinational in robotics, and we can apply any kind of technology to this uh, new way to do farming. The most important thing is that uh, no one operator will touch the crops uh, during the, the growing process. So no human is involved. And this is something absolutely important because we save a lot of costs 
and we can uh, produce also from from uh, let's say from uh, from from our house from our uh, office far from the farm for example we can we can introduce uh, agronomics people from anywhere in the world and we can share the information with them taking care of a crop growing in another part of the world for example I, I think it is worth uh, mentioning that uh, the experience of automating the, the racks that are growing the, the, the crops, salad or, or whatever else, can leverage one of the other companies in the group, uh, Ono Lean Logistics, which is yeah. automating uh, uh, racks uh, as its uh, specific uh, um, application area. So... Um, I assume that uh, we can think of Ono Exponential Farming as uh, 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 applying that experience to the field of agriculture. Uh, would you say that is correct? Yeah, it's partially correct because we are adding a lot of other technologies inside uh, this. This is, was the starting because one day I was, I was going to, to the office when, when we were developing the Ono Lean Logistics System that is behind me also. You can see some modules behind me. Uh, they, are, they, are, they are in our... Wait, in our uh, show again, show again. Oh, lean, okay. lean up. Oh, okay. okay, beautiful. This, this is, these are five modules, uh, five racks, uh, one near each other. And uh, it's, it's something that is modular because my, my mind is modular. In my patents, I have many things that I did in my my life and everything is modular so also in this case uh, we you can you can add the new modules uh, each other in any any moment uh, and you can grow the company when you want well, how you want so uh, one day i was telling you is like a story i was i was uh, coming to the office and uh, i was thinking uh, why why we can't we can't produce uh, small chicks because i was remembering when my my grandparents were were growing chicks in cardboard boxes when I was young. So when I, when I went to the office, I said, okay, uh, what about the guys? Because I have many guys uh, with me working, young guys. Uh, what about, they, first they laughed. Then, then I said, uh, okay, uh, chicks, might, maybe not, may, may, might not work. But what about vegetables? And then I went on the internet and I discovered the vertical farming. And then I, I began this, this, this journey in uh, adding new patents, new, new, new ideas to the, to the vertical farming, to the Ono, what became later on Ono Exponential Farming as a, a new company that has been funded from, from, from many people uh, to grow directed and vertical on, on, on the farming revolution, let's say. Uh, we have a very important question from uh, Giovanni, who I uh, thank for, for formulating it. Giovanni says, what kind of cultures can be grown uh, in indoor farms uh, as opposed to uh, other crops that can mostly be grown or only be grown outdoors? Okay, this, this answer will take uh, hours, let's say, but let's not, I will stop you when you are too long. Okay, uh, uh, you can grow any kind of crop, basically small crops like leafy greens, uh, um, small crops, let's say, and any kind of crop you can cultivate outside, you cultivate also inside. 
the, the, the idea is to, to grow, not the idea, the, the reality is to grow small, small plants. It's not, it's not uh, um, convenient to, to grow big plants. So all the plants that, that are in a small stage, let's say up to three, 30 centimeters, let's say, like basil, like uh, salads and so on, can grow there. And it's something that all the vertical farmers are doing. Um, but the difference between uh, the external and the indoor farming or the vertical farming as we are doing is that in our plants, you can grow also vegetables that, that, that you can dedicate to the farmer, for example, uh, where you can take the control of any of the parameters and all the uh, production, uh, or let's say production, all the growing processes that, 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 that are involved in this plant. So for farmer, for example, it's absolutely important to, to know any parameter and to know exactly what, uh, how is grown the plant. Uh, let's say you can make, I've been in a, in, in a summit with a, a very important company in tobacco, for example. Tobacco is, is used for smoking, let's say, but it's used also for, for, uh, for the science to understand some relations with, with biologically. And uh, as for, for, for the tobacco, for tobacco, for many other plants, it's possible to, to go with the OGM products instead of going outside. Because many products you cannot cultivate. OGM is the it Italian acronym. Uh, the English is GMO, genetically modified organism. No problem. Go ahead. English. Apologize. Go ahead. Perfect. Okay. GMO. GMO. Uh, you can you can uh, study new prod new 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 plants and to extract some molecules useful for pharma, for example, or for cosmetics, for example. Uh, let's say. But you can cultivate anything, anything. Uh, one of our projects to develop now, developing now, is to produce small plants, for example, of tomato, to be transplanted in, in the field later on or in the greenhouse later on. So a uh, very compressed production and uh, full, uh, fully all, uh, under control and then transplanted in the, in the field. So uh, another question. Uh, another question we have uh, from uh, Daniela, or a remark rather. Um, she says that we have to stop eating uh, animals. Uh, uh, it will be healthier uh, and, of course, ethically uh, also better. A and I totally agree, even though uh, I am a carnivore, or rather, I am an omnivore. So I eat animals, but I know I shouldn't. I don't know if I will be able to stop unless, for example, um, and, and it will be a, a, another interview, another conversation in searching for the question live in the future, uh, we uh, are able to scale up synthetic meat, which gives us uh, animal proteins in all kinds of uh, the forms, all kinds of varieties uh, without uh, the current industrial, agricultural, and industrial uh, uh, practices of of uh, animal um, uh, of of uh, growing animals, uh, slaughtering animals, and and so on. Uh, 
Giuseppe is asking uh, uh, if uh, vertical farming is actually profitable, which I think is a rather important question. Okay. Uh, the profitability of, uh, of vertical farms is uh, absolutely uh, depends on what are the costs of the production inside. Actually, is is absolutely profitable, let's say, with the own exponential farming modules, because we have a great reduction different from the past in uh, the consumption of energy. We save around 70% of the energy uh, compared from in uh, versus uh, the what, what we call is Jurassic vertical farming. And we have a lot of saving in the cost of a human labor, as I told you before, and we have a lot of savings in the cost of uh, the infrastructure. Uh, this is setting a new parameter of uh, costs so it's it's going to be it's going to be absolutely profitable, but profitability is not based only on the cost, as I told you before, but also in the production. What you can you can say as you, you were saying uh, to to produce, for example, one 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 hamburger, you need four actually you need four thousand liters of water. And no one is taking care of this in the world. So that's why we need to reduce the consumption of the meat from, from uh, in, in this way. Because, you know, Dr. Mr. Post, Dr. Post is one of your, maybe, maybe, maybe you, you, we know both him. And yeah. he, is, he invented, he designed a new way to produce the meat in an absolutely safer way. For example, modules like, uh, like the Ono modules can, can, produce that kind of, uh, of meat in a specific volume, in a specific um, environment, not only because we started talking about, uh, talking about only, only crops, but in the modules, we can cultivate also microalgae. We can cultivate also insects, for example, that is the new, new food, the new superfood that is, uh, has been deployed in the world uh, from, from Asia. Um, I think uh, that it is important uh, uh, that uh, we take into account the externalities of uh, uh, the uh, production uh, of, of, of plants and animals uh, for our consumption. Uh, we have uh, been content in ignoring these ex externalities, pretending that they didn't exist. Today, um, uh, humanity saturated the planet and we cannot wash our hands of the consequences of our processes. Um, I want to um, give just a very simple example. Um, do you believe that uh, in Fukushima prefecture the salad that is cultivated outside is cheaper if you take into account the consequences of eating that salad rather than the salad that is cultivated in vertical farms, I am telling you that if I had a choice between a cheaper salad that is grown in Fukushima uh, on the land in the open farms or a more expensive salad that is grown inside in a protected environment, obviously, I am choosing the second one. And this is, of course, an extreme example. And I will uh, uh, give another uh, extreme example further on as well. 
talking about the future. Um, it, we have uh, Luca uh, who uh, was asking exactly about algae and, and insects. Uh, uh, and and you partially answered uh, his uh, question as well. Uh, and we have uh, Antonio asking, who is your target customer? Okay, let's go from 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 your from your uh, question. You were we we're talking about Fukushima regarding the cost of the crops there and compared to the vertical farming production. But I ask you uh, also. Uh, when you buy a crop from the supermarket uh, in uh, in the in uh, in a box where you have the right quantity that you need to eat uh, in that day, instead of buying something that you need to clean and and you throw away, you make waste and so on, probably the balancing of the cost is uh, oriented to the vertical farming to the indoor production because you don't you don't create also the waste. And this is absolutely important too. Uh, 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 one one person was asking uh, regarding insects and algae. Okay, our our systems are uh, able to be set up for uh, algae and for uh, insects too. So now we are in the way to study this new kind of application. We have several universities working on this because we we we. We joined these universities around the world, having this idea of uh, growing um, insects, not only for it, for food production. But for example, there is a company in uh, based in the Mediterranean Sea that needs to grow a lot of insects to feed the nutrients to the fish instead of uh, giving the meat, for example, to the fit to the fish. That is um, absolutely something that is abnormal, not 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 normal. Yeah. Aquaculture, aquaculture uh, uh, growing fish in yes. a very nice uh, circular environment where the plant waste goes mm -hmm. and insects are fed, etc., etc. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, beautiful okay. We talk about uh, total circular economy. Uh, what uh, ONO Exponential Farming is, is doing is setting up a system that gives the opportunity to to to, to the world to develop a uh, circular economy in, in all. For example, growing uh, small algae, not only for making superfood or, or nutrients for pills and so on. Uh, we can grow these, these micro algae also to set the nutrients for the plants, for example, instead of giving uh, chemicals or so on. So the circular economy is absolutely one of our goals that we want, we want to, to follow. Now, one, one thing that you mentioned uh, in, in uh, one of our preliminary conversations is that rather than going uh, in, a, in a vertical integration where your um, uh, automated uh, growing uh, uh, facility is used by yourself to grow salad and then you agree with the various supermarket chains to sell them the salad that you are growing or whatever else, uh, what you want is to supply companies that do that all around the world in a more horizontal type of uh, uh, market development. So uh, answering uh, um, the question that uh, Antonio was asking, uh, possibly um, that is part of the, the answer. Your target customers are companies all over the world who want to build 
vertical farms without having to design them. You are the specialist designing the, the, the equipment and they are the specialist in putting them in the place and then running the, the vertical farm. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, our be my best goal will be to to create this, to continue to to grow this company. Basically, basically adopting my idea of uh, of uh, modularity. So we are designing something that is uh, absolutely deployable everywhere in the world because our company is a company that is a solution provider, technology provider. As you said, our customer, basic oh. customer is who want to grow anywhere in the world. The owner concept is a platform. It's not, uh, it's not uh, uh, only a mechanical or IT system. It's something that will connect everybody, every customer of our in, in the world, having access to uh, sharing information, sharing uh, data, when, where you can grow a crop or an insect uh, anywhere in the world at the same as in another place in the world, very far. Adopting the same recipes, for example, or adopting the, the, the curve of, of uh, the growing curve that are optimized by AI. So we merge everything, AI, agronomics, and, and robot, robotics in the, into this. And we cannot concentrate only in growing, for example, a salad or, or, or some kinds of salads, because it's, it's something that is not in my mind to reduce uh, the ideas only on that. Uh, my idea is to develop everything for, for the world. And I will, I will not be the one who will grow only one thing because it's never been, has never been in my, in my, in my, my brain to, to, to have this kind of uh, ideas. So um, when uh, a funny, a funny remark. Uh, these photos uh, of insects uh, uh, are actually mine, uh, because uh, uh, at the uh, Museum of Natural Science uh, in uh, Bergamo, the director organizes uh, uh, entomophagy dinners, insect eating dinners uh, every year. Uh, so we went and uh, and ate uh, uh, ate uh, insects uh, there. And uh, uh, let me see, there should be a photo uh, uh, somewhere in this series uh, of, uh, of one of my sons uh, actually eating the, the insects. But of course, uh, uh, that of uh, eating the insect directly is just uh, one of the, the options. As you said, insect protein is very fast growing, uh, very nutritious, and it can be simply turned into uh, a kind of flour uh, and then it can be baked into a bread and uh, and it can be eaten and that bread will be uh, a, an important supplement in those places where animal protein otherwise is not uh, available. We have a very long remark uh, in Italian from Maurizio, which uh, uh, I will just summarize. Uh, he lives in Japan. Hello, Maurizio. Thank you very much for making your remark. He says that about 3% of the salad in Japan is already cultivated uh, uh, indoors. Uh, and uh, if uh, we look at exponential growth, uh, uh, this uh, percentage uh, is bound uh, to increase. Um, he is asking uh, what is the percentage in Italy? Uh, as of today, I think is negligible. I am not aware of, uh, of production having started in Italy in, in large scale. We have another question uh, from Michelangelo. 
will the production of vertical farm modules be itself decentralized? So in your case, that would mean that uh, you are establishing production facilities, let's say one per continent, one in Europe, one in China, one in America, because of course, uh, if not, uh, you become a bottleneck and you become the fragile point of failure of a, of a process that has to take over the world. Okay, as I, as I mentioned for, from the beginning, I'm looking to the exponential organization. And when you talk about exponential organization, you, can, you cannot uh, uh, be uh, a bottleneck, okay? So what we did and how we planned our company, not only developing the Farm Zero and the new farms that we are developing, uh, was a, a profound um, planning regarding how the company will grow and how we will deploy many and many farms around the world. And we decided to set up a dematerialized company a dematerialized company means that uh, we don't depend on the production, for example, here in Italy, uh, but we are organizing the supply chain everywhere in the world to have second and third kind of suppliers uh, able to feed the, the, pro the products that we need to grow the, the vertical farm around the world. So basically it's something that is, uh, uh, the farm is something that looks difficult to build, but it's not, it's not like that. Uh, our designing system uh, taking two years of our job was to de de design something that can be made everywhere in the world by not any company, but specific companies around the world can do that. So we don't need to send from Italy. So the production is exponential, exponential too. And um, um, uh, so uh, we are close to uh, the hour that we, we had uh, to spend together. And I promised that I would uh, make an even more extreme example of the application of your technology. Because you may remember uh, when uh, we met uh, uh, a year and a half ago, uh, immediately in the first uh, discussion we had, I said, okay, let's take this to Elon Musk. Because obviously, <laughs> yes. uh, if uh, already in Fukushima, uh, it is necessary to have a vertical farm, uh, it will be absolutely the only way to go on Mars. And uh, having vertical farms that use uh, LED lights with 99% uh, reduction in energy, soil, uh, water, pesticides, and complete recycling of everything uh, is the only way a Martian colony can survive. So, um, uh, we haven't uh, contacted uh, uh, SpaceX uh, yet or whatever the unannounced uh, company that uh, SpaceX will spin off uh, in order to build uh, the, the, the Martian colony. Uh, but uh, hopefully uh, in uh, a few years time, uh, the, the, the wonderful uh, logo uh, of uh, Ono with uh, the butterfly uh, will be on... Uh, modules uh, on uh, Mars uh, growing uh, all kinds of uh, food for for the uh, for the colonies okay when you told me that I was uh, surprised because uh, it's uh, it's a dream you never you never saw but I, I need to point that you never saw in any space movie 
uh, a fully automatic system uh, uh, believable, let's say. In many movies, you can see that they are growing crops, uh, like in the Martian and so on. Uh, you, you can see that the human is taking care of the crops, like uh, normal cultivation. What is absolutely strange is that we design something that neither in the movies has, has never been seen. So uh, the automation we have applied can be probably useful for, for Mars and for, for, for other planets in the future. But we need to take care of the food in, the, in our planet, basically, I think. And it's absolutely important. The butterfly you were mentioning is something that is important for my heart because it's coming from my sister that passed away a couple of years ago. And it's something that she gave me. But there is another, uh, another idea behind the butterfly. The butterfly is, uh, let's say, uh, the most perfect mechanism, small mechanism made by nature. So as uh, the butterfly comes from the caterpillar, we need to face this moment in the COVID and so on to grow and to become a butterfly, a perfect butterfly to fly again. Uh, I, I, I like that. And, uh, and uh, it is a beautiful image because a lot of people talk about uh, let's cross our fingers so that we can go back to the world that was before the pandemic. Let's not. Let's design a better one. Uh, and uh, we received a wonderful comment from Bruce uh, Taylor. I love everything about is from the conversation uh, to the content subject matter. This is digital transformation beautifully expressed by two great thought leaders. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, thank you, Thomas, for uh, being with us today. Uh, and I wish uh, great success uh, to you uh, with, your, with your dreams and with your ability to transform your dreams into concrete action with the Ono Exponential uh, Farming. Thank you very much. Thank you. So um, thank you for uh, being on uh, searching uh, for the question live today and uh, having uh, participated uh, Bruce and Michelangelo and Maurizio, Antonio, Luigi, uh, so many uh, of our viewers asked uh, a lot of questions. Uh, I really appreciate it. I think that uh, being able to interact is what makes uh, these uh, live streams different than not watching a video on YouTube or on Facebook. And so I, I, I really like it when uh, we receive a lot of questions. And as a matter of fact, uh, the, the format of uh, one hour uh, is because I'm hungry and I have to go to dinner, but uh, we could uh, imagine different formats uh, where we go on uh, for a longer uh, period of time or we dedicate uh, sessions where we call uh, previous guests to assemble a panel uh, where more many of us are, are discussing, asking each other questions, and for me, experimenting with uh, different uh, formats is, is always part uh, of the pleasure in uh, producing uh, Searching for the Question live. Uh, another um, fact that I would like you to uh, definitely leverage is that you can vote for future guests as well as add the names of guests of your own. Uh, and uh, so we will contact uh, uh, guests uh, who, who will come. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I uh, want to pre-announce uh, 
uh, that uh, on Thursday, uh, we will have uh, Stephen Wolfram. Uh, and uh, on Wednesday, tomorrow, we will have uh, Hannes Sjoblad. Uh, Hannes uh, will talk about, uh, uh, or we will have a conversation rather about biohacking uh, and how we can endow the human body with new senses, with new abilities via biohacking. And with Stephen Wolfram, uh, we will have a conversation about his new uh, uh, foundation for physics and how he is merging physics and mathematics uh, in uh, the culmination of uh, 30 years of uh, work uh, that, uh, that he just uh, unveiled last week in the Wolfram Physics Project. And then on Friday, we will have uh, David Brin, a science fiction author, futurist, uh, a consultant and advisor to governments, uh, whose uh, thinking is really sound about the challenges, both from a political point of view, as well as from the point of view of governance, uh, around uh, how we can keep the light uh, of the Enlightenment project uh, alive. Uh, so to not go back to feudalism, uh, to be able to give to a growing number of people the opportunity to um, set their own goals, to fulfill their dreams, uh, to be ambitious about the future. So thank you very much again, and uh, we, will, uh, uh, we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>